You're listening to MedPoint's Half Hour of Health, live on AM980 or online at am980.ca. Got a question about healthcare, dieting, exercising? Give us a call at 519-643-2222 or 1-866-354-8255. Now, here's your host, Ron Young. Good morning, London. It's a beautiful day out in the Forest City, and I love it today. I love it today because it's a long weekend. And I love long weekends. I want to thank you all for joining me here. Pleasure to be with you, giving you all things health and fitness related on this Saturday morning. If you want, you can call in the show. It's 519-432-2222. Uh, if you have any fitness or health related questions, I'd be happy to try and answer them for you. Um, what do we got going on? We got a lot going on at MedPoint right now. And one of the big things that I want to put out there for everybody to check out is our new website. Uh, it's a branch off of MedPoint. It's called HealthyLivingFoods.ca. And what we've what we've done is we've made a program to go along with everything else that we do at MedPoint um, where we deliver healthy foods uh, to your doorstep. Or you can pick them up. It's kind of your choice. The website is live. I mean, we are taking orders. If If you're one of those that are just too busy to cook, Maybe, uh, you know, you're on the go a lot and you want to just have something there and ready for you. We can be there for you. And these are nutritious meals. What you, what you do is you go on the website and you pick one of, one of four menus. Uh, there's a healthy balance, a heart smart, a brain power, and, of course, a gluten-free option. And when you pick those, then uh, you can kind of select different options within that menu. And it's really cool because... You know, a lot of people are concerned about their heart health, so we wanted to give you meals geared towards helping your vascular system. Um, you know, a lot of people are concerned about Alzheimer's and, and uh, you know, mental functioning, maybe breaking down a little bit. Well, then, you know, you can order the brain from the brain power menu. It's a pretty cool system, and, uh, you know, I, I have to brag a little bit about it because I, I did design the website, which is uh, which is... It's really cool. Just put it that way. And I've never told a lie in my life. So we'll just go with that. Uh, we got a lot of different stories. I'm actually going to be having, I hope to have somebody join me on the show later. Uh, a ghost from MedPoint Past, I'll just say that. Uh, Eric Siddiqui is going to be on the show with me later, and I hope we can patch him in. Talking about prescribing exercise. How effective can it be? Something that Quebec doctors are certainly looking into now. We're going to be talking about that that story right after the commercial today. What I want to talk about first, though, is this idea of stress, okay? Everybody's stressed. Everybody has a certain level of stress. Um, actually, it was my New Year's resolution this year to just be stress-free, because how, how hard can that be, right? What you have to do is just perceive every situation that comes into your life as it's not that difficult or it's not as bad as what it can be, right? And then take some time out for yourself to, to deal with it. So there are different mechanisms that you can use uh, to cope with stress, but certainly it is kind of on the forefront of everybody's mind. You're worried about something. You have to, you know, driving through traffic and, and whatnot. You stress. There's stress everywhere. The one thing, uh, the article that I want to talk about from CNN is this stress at work is just as bad as secondhand smoke. And it's kind of interesting because 
you know, we always think that stress is there, but it can't be affecting us that bad. But if you think of now, they're comparing this to secondhand smoke, and the dangers of secondhand smoke are well known. Of course, that's why we can't, or, you know, somebody can't smoke within nine meters of a building entrance. In fact, I had that the other night. I was out uh, with my brother um, at a restaurant, and certainly a couple of the fellow patrons weren't obeying that law. And sure enough, we walk out, and there's just a cloud of smoke that we inhaled, and it just wasn't pleasant. So, you know, people do have to be mindful of that. Anyways, stress just being as bad as secondhand smoke. Let's dive into this a little bit because there was a report compiled, compiled evidence from 228 other studies. So, um, and it found that high job demands increase the odds of having illness diagnosed by a, a doctor by 35%. Long work hours increase the chances of early death by almost 20%. So the bottom line is a lot of this is coming from work. Um, by far the biggest stressor was the worry that you might soon lose your job. And that increases your odds of having poor health by 50%. Can you imagine? 50% just because you're worried about losing your job. You know, it's something that probably goes through a lot of people's mind. Um, anyways, there is different things here broken down in this article and it's on CNN.com. Uh, Certainly, I can post it up to the Facebook fan page. You can check it out at MedPoint Fitness. But there are some uh, aids or, 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 you know, different things that you can do in order to try and combat this stress. One is to keep a stress journal. So anytime you get stressed out, write it down. Keep note and see what's, what's constantly coming up as a stressor and then see if you can't avoid it. Do a reality check. The biggest stressor uh, is that you might lose your job. Ask yourself, is your job really in jeopardy? Is it just something that kind of you made up in your head? Is it a conspiracy? Maybe your boss is out to get you. I don't know. I'm looking over at Jen here through the glass. And Are you worried about losing your job, Jen? No, no. So she's stress-free. Um, ask yourself, do I really like my work? So maybe you have to kind of reevaluate whether you're happy at your job. Because if the job is what's causing all this stress and everything that goes along with the job, the commute to work, the relationship with coworkers, etc., then is it really worth it? Um, think through the worst case scenario. What happens if you do lose your job? And then there was another one that said um, set limits with your boss. Um, if your boss wants you to work 10-hour days instead of 8-hour days, tell him that you can't. You know, Make sure that those boundaries are set up and that you guys both or girls or whatever understand the the dangers of of overworking um and and how it pertains to your health because apparently just as bad as secondhand smoke now another article from CNN and this is one thing that I found really interesting because they're almost stacked on top of each other so I couldn't I couldn't resist not talking about this but this was now we've talked about stress but now we I wanted to talk briefly on stress eating because I want to just explain a little bit as to why uh, you might feel hungry when you are stressed or why, you know, why things, why you might want more junk food when, when you are stressed out. Um, basically what happens is it, it, it activates the brain centers um, for emotion 
in your mind. So when you do have stress, cortisol is released. And then your body, um, there's anxiety-induced hunger. And it can definitely have an effect on your waistline. Um, you know, stress eating, it's, it's that thing where you have that comfort food that you go to. Maybe you're nervous about something and you just need to kind of take your mind off of it. It's almost like it's a mental escape. So, you know, just be mindful when you do encounter experiences that are particularly stressful work, relationships, whatever it may be, don't necessarily go right away to the cupboard, okay? Because you can eat a lot in a little bit of time, and certainly if you continue to do it day after day after day, that's where you're going to run into trouble. So again, they had a few things here, and and a couple of them are fairly similar. Again, dealing with the issue of stress, I, I can't uh, get the point across enough, Um just make sure that you're actually focusing on the real issue. So always kind of relate it back to yourself. How am I feeling? How how should I feel? What's the worst case scenario? Think long term, right? Um, you know, make healthier food choices in those moments. If you feel like you have to eat, pick healthier options uh, when you when you are stressed out. And um, you know, be kind to yourself. Self compassion can decrease stress eating. Um, the article says when you're kind, understanding uh, friend to yourself, it's easier to resist the urge to try and disconnect through stress eating. So certainly something I want everybody to be mindful of is, uh, their eating habits and, you know, med points here to help out. If you feel like you stress eat too much, or if you want to consult a healthcare professional about it, uh, we have dietitians on staff and, Quite often, they are covered by your benefits. So come on down to MedPoint. We can definitely help you out with this. Um, you know, I wanted to talk a bit about stress because the summer's coming to an end. I think it's a stressful time to kind of get kids and stuff back into the routine of school. And uh, I just want to encourage the listeners to make sure that you combat that stress uh, in the appropriate ways because it could really impact your health. Stay tuned with us. Um, we're, after the break, we're going to be joined by... Eric Siddiqui, one of my good friends, and we're going to be talking about prescribing exercise. How effective can it be? You're listening to MedPoint's Half Hour of Health, live on AM980 or online at am980.ca. The most interesting health news, advice, and your calls at 519-643-2222 or 1-866-354-8255. Once again, here's your host, Ron Young. I want to welcome everybody back to the program. I was talking a little bit about stress there, and uh, you know, I hope it didn't didn't stress anybody out talking about their stress because you should feel open about talking about it. Um, you know, you need to be, make sure that in the last bits of summer here, we're getting it, we're enjoying things, um, and certainly one of the biggest things you can do to fight off stress is to exercise. Exercise has tons of health benefits. I mean. If it didn't, I wouldn't be on the radio here once a week, every week for, I guess it's almost a year. But exercise is one of those things that can help your whole body, muscles, your vascular system, your mind, mental functioning. Um, And right now, I want to introduce him. Uh, He's a good friend of mine. I actually used to work with him at MedPoint. He's now uh, over in Calgary, uh, finishing up med school there. On the air with me right now is uh, Eric Siddiqui. Eric, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Ron. How are things over in Ontario? 
Oh, you know, uh, the weather is just as humid as can be, but uh, we're we're hanging in there. What's Staying going on? Here. What's going on with you? You're hiking. You told me. I was supposed to go for a hike this morning after a call shift last night, but unfortunately, it's rainy and it's cold, and mm. you know, bird of the last twenty four to forty eight hours. I hate to say it, Ron, but it feels like winter. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> Maybe it's my Ontario roots that have me soft still but it feels <laughs> cold outside so i was it pouring rain outside today and tomorrow i don't think a hike's gonna happen so yeah. right now we're researching potentially going to a local farmer's market instead to do something indoors well that's great it's a great idea we actually had a few cool days last was it last week i forget it felt like it was you know five degrees but anyways eric let's talk a little bit about this because i know as soon as i saw this article pop up i thought of you Okay, because you were trying to do another initiative similar to this, right? And this is kind of coming, uh, obviously, this article is from the CBC uh, website. You can go on there to check it out. But this is talking about Quebec doctors now have these prescription pads. Tell us a little bit about what you were doing and and the initiative and and how effective you feel that it can be. Sure. Thanks for sharing the article. I did look at it, and it seems like there's close to 9,000 general practitioners in Quebec getting these formal prescription pads that are exercise-specific. That's not new, actually. Alberta has had a program like this for a couple of years now Hmm. called Prescription to Get Active, and there's a couple hundred thousand people in Alberta that have access to general practitioners that have these pads. I actually worked in a clinic for six weeks earlier this summer that had access to these prescription pads. So that got my wheels turning when I was on electives back in London this spring, and I thought, well, we should probably get a program going like this. It sounds like a good thing. And I dug into the research, and sure enough, there is a decent amount of evidence showing that the formal prescription of exercise Mm -hmm. is more effective than verbally providing that health advice. And what I mean by that is when your patient comes in for their yearly health exam, or even if it's for another reason and the topic of weight comes up, because hopefully it's something that does come up often if need be for primary preventive purposes, a lot of people are told, well, you should walk regularly three, four, five times a week for 30 minutes and eat fruits and vegetables and you get a high five and you go home and you come back normally six months or a year (laughs) later and nothing has happened. Well, you usually get off to a good start and then you walk for two or three days and then all of a sudden you're back to your, your normal habits, right? Yes, sir. That's the case quite often. And what research shows is that if we combine verbal health advice with formally written prescribed health advice, Mm -hmm. that these randomized groups of people in these studies, one particular is called the Green Study in New Zealand that has looked at this extensively, and they found that the verbal plus formally prescribed health advice groups were far more likely to adhere to a exercise program, specifically walking, is what they looked at. So mm-hmm. we have a program. It's actually active right now, Ron, outside of London at three different health centers and three different models. One is a health team, one is a community health center, and one is a fee-for-service physician. And they have a pad of design, um, along with Dr. Mackey, the medical officer of health for London, that is exercise and nutrition specific it's a very simple pad on purpose so it's easy for physicians to use and easy for patients to understand and on that 
has your essentials of exercise prescription, but also basic nutrition advice. Because, of course, we do know that evidence shows that when it comes to actual weight loss, especially initial weight loss, mm-hmm. exercise isn't very effective at all. It's actually nutrition that's by far most important. So our pads have both. both and yeah. we're looking at that data now very shortly, actually, this fall, to see if there's a difference in how many physicians are prescribing health advice and B, if our patients are going to be adhering to that advice and following through. But it gets a little more complex than that, though, with the program that we have outside of London, that I really wanted to integrate our community services because we know patients are going to be going to restaurants locally, especially in the rural communities where these programs are running. There's only a handful of places to actually go and get food. So we had our local businesses get on board. So the prescription pads also serve as a way for patients to get discounts on food. That's awesome. So if they go to a local restaurant in West Lorne, for example, or Dutton, for example, they can actually get a percent discount on meals that I've personally identified as being healthy enough to be integrated in our program. Mm-hmm. Or if they go to the local grocery stores with a formal prescription, the staff have been notified and trained properly to walk our elderly patients through the store to actually help them find the foods that have been prescribed. I think that's really important because we know that our food environment has a strong influence on our body composition and our health behaviors. Obesity is not a choice. We know that. It's a very complex condition, and Mm -hmm. our environment has a strong influence on that. Absolutely. And I I can... Uh, you know, speak from my experiences. I know that my mom, when she goes to the doctor, um, there's a lot of information said, right? Let's face it. But, you know, to give that verbal instruction, they come home and, and, you know, I ask my mom, well, what did the doctor talk about? And half the time she'll forget what, what was said in that conversation. So to actually have something in front of you that says, look, you have to do this uh, this many times a day, this specific exercise, and, and eat this and this and this, you know, for for as far as foods go, then it's going to be far more effective. And I think it is a great system, Eric. I really do. Absolutely. And the, the data speaks for itself. I mean, Studies have looked at the prescription behaviors of primary care physicians, and we know that approximately 50 to even 60-plus percent of Canadians are overweight or obese. But we also know that only 23% of these patients actually have a specific care plan. Mm-hmm. I mean, another study, for example, Ron, looked at almost 1,000 family doctors in Canada and they pulled their prescription behaviors and asked them about diet and exercise and if they recommended and if they refer to allied healthcare professionals. So on average and say, I don't know, a 1,200 patient practice, say 60% of people are overweight or obese, this is 720 people. The high end of referrals to dietitians in a typical practice was 20 patients per year, 20. When we know that on average, even just looking at overweight and obesity, that's 720 people that would benefit from first-line mm-hmm. medical intervention to help out, which would be, of course, diet and exercise and looking at the behaviors associated with yeah. lack of you know, excess weight. Yeah, so, and, and that's kind of why, well, I know when I worked, with, when you worked at MedPoint with me, like obviously being very proactive with healthcare, making sure that you do something about it before you have a heart attack, before you have a stroke. Uh, Because, you know, those decisions can be made now 
and you know you can avoid the the hospital visits and the the healthcare system uh, being a strain on it. And uh, obviously, we can get people healthy and eating properly right now. It doesn't have Definitely. to doesn't have to be months from now. It's got to be now. Definitely, and and being open minded to criticism, I think the the one setback of this approach that mm-hmm. in another project I'm working on in Alberta is lack of proper physician education. Mm. So it's very easy for us to say that someone can go into a family doctor's office and leave with relevant, actionable nutrition yeah. exercise advice that's followed up on. But unfortunately, again, in, in numerous studies in the U.S. and even other studies in Canada where they've pulled upwards of eight, 900 new graduates from medical school and asked them, how confident do you feel in having that conversation the confidence level is very, very low. And the yeah. reason is almost no medical schools in Canada and the U.S. offer formal curriculum and exercise and nutrition. So thankfully, Calgary actually has become the first medical school in Canada to have a longitudinal mandatory curriculum in preventive medicine that just That's launched great. one month ago at our medical school. So I'm very excited about this other project where we're going to be following our new class of students that are two years behind me over the next two years to see if this type of curriculum boosts their confidence in this subject matter when they graduate. Because, of course, we, if we're not comfortable and confident in something, we're probably not going to talk about it, right, right, Ron? That's right. No Band-Aid solutions. can't have just these prescriptions of drugs and drugs and drugs, and then people just fall back on it. Eric, thank you so much for joining me today. I appreciate the talk, buddy. Thank you very much. I'm very proud of you, Ron. You're doing great things over there. Couldn't thank, be happier for you. Thank you, my friend. You take care. Take care. That was Eric Siddiqui. I just want to thank everybody for joining us to, uh, on the show today. Thanks for listening in. Uh, that's all we got. You can visit us at medpoint.ca. Thank you, and have a wonderful long weekend.